Thank you, Heavenly Father God. We just thank you, Lord. Thank you for all the benefits, Lord God, that you, Lord, you bring to us, Lord. Thank you for the benefits of salvation. Thank you for the benefits of, of fellowship with you. Thank you, Father, for our love that you put in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the benefits of having the Holy Spirit help. The Holy Spirit helps us. Thank you, Father, for giving us everything in the world through the Holy Spirit, Lord. We thank you for fire. We thank you for water. We thank you for love. We thank you for your word. And be with us as we raise this word to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're doing your word in our lives, Lord. We give you the glory and the honor. You honor us as we seek your presence, Lord. Thank you for this Bible study. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, 1 Samuel chapter 14, verses 1 through 52. Here we go. One day, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, Come on, let's go over to where the Philistines have their outposts. But Jonathan did not tell his father what he was doing. Meanwhile, Saul and his 600 men were camped on the outskirts of Gibeah around the pomegranate tree at Migron. Among Saul's men was Elijah, Elijah, no, Ahijah, the priest, who was wearing the ephod, the priestly vest, Ahijah, was the son of Ichabod's brother, Ahitob, son of Phinehas, son of Eli, the priest of the Lord who had served at Shiloh. No one realized that Jonathan had left the Israelite camp. To reach the Philistine outpost, Jonathan had to go down between two rocky cliffs that were called Bozes and Sina, Sene. The cliff on the north was in front of Michmash, and the other one, the one on the south was in front of Giva. Let's go across to the outpost of those pagans, Jonathan said to his armor bearer. Perhaps the Lord will help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle whether he has many warriors or, or only a few. <clears throat> Do what you think is best, the armor bearer replied. I'm with you completely, whatever you decide. All right, then, Jonathan told him. We will cross over and let them see us. If they say to us, stay where you are or we'll kill you, then we will stop and not go up to them. But if they say, come on up and fight, then we will go up. That will be the Lord's sign that he will help us defeat him, defeat them. When the Philistines saw them coming, <clears throat> they shouted, look, the Hebrews are crawling out of their holes. Then the man from the outpost shouted to Jonathan, Come on up here, and we'll teach you a lesson. Come on, climb right behind me, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, for the Lord will help us defeat them. So they climbed up using both hands and feet, and the Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer, Kill, kill those who come behind me. They killed some 20 men in all, and their bodies were scattered over about a half an acre. Suddenly, panic broke out in the Philistine army, both in the camp and in the field, including even the outposts and raiding parties. And just then, an earthquake struck, and everyone was terrified. Saul's lookouts in Gibeah, Benjamin saw 
a strange sight. The vast army of Philistines began to melt away in every direction. Call the roll and find out who's missing, Saul ordered. And when they checked, they found that Jonathan and his armor bearer were gone. Then Saul shouted to Ahiyah, Bring the ephod here for all, for at the time Ahijah was wearing the ephod in front of the Israelites. But while Saul was taking, talking to the priests, the confusion of the Philistine camp grew louder and louder. So Saul said to the priest, never mind, let's get going. Then Saul and all his men rushed out in the battle and find the Philistine killing each other. There was terrible confusion everywhere. Even the Hebrews who had previously gone over to the Philistine army revolted and joined in with Saul and Jonathan and the rest of the Israelites. Likewise, the men of Israel who were hiding in the hill country of Ephraim joined the chase when they saw the Philistines running away. So the Lord saved Israel that day, and the battle continued to rage even beyond Beth Aven. Now the men of Israel were pressed to exhaustion that day because Saul had placed them under an oath, saying, Let a curse fall on anyone who eats before evening, before I have full revenge on my enemies. So no one ate anything all day, even though they had all found honeycomb on the ground in the forest. They didn't dare touch the honey because they all feared the oath they had taken. But Jonathan had not heard his father's commands, and he dipped the end of his stick into a piece of honeycomb and ate the honey. After he had eaten it, he felt refreshed. But one of the men saw him and said, Your father made the army take a strict oath that anyone who eats food today will be cursed. That is why everyone is worried, weary and faint. My father has made trouble for us all, Jonathan exclaimed. A command like that only hurts us. See how refreshed I am now that I have eaten this little bit of honey? If the men had been allowed to eat freely from the food they found among our enemies, think how many more Philistines we could have killed. They chased and killed the Philistines all day from Micmash to Aihalon, growing more and more faint. That evening they rushed for the battle plunder and butchered the sheep, goats, cattle, and calves. But they ate them without draining the blood. Someone reported Saul, Look, the men are sinning against the Lord by eating meat that still has blood in it. <clears throat> that is very wrong, Saul said. Find a large stone and roll it over here. Then go out among the troops and tell them, Bring the cattle, sheep, and goats here to me. Kill them here and drain the blood before you eat them. Do not sin against the Lord by eating meat with the blood still in it. So that night, all the troops brought their animals and slaughtered them there. Then Saul built an altar to the Lord. It was the first of the altars he built to the Lord. Then Saul said, Let's chase the Philistines all night and plunder them until sunrise. Let's destroy every last one of them. His men replied, We'll do whatever you think's best. But the priest said, Let's ask God first. So Saul asked God, Shall we go after the Philistines? Will you help us defeat them? But God made no reply that day. Then Saul said to the leaders, Something's wrong. I want all my army commanders to come here. We must find out what sin was committed today. I vowed by the name of the Lord who rescued Israel that the sinner would surely die, even if it is my own son, Jonathan. But no one would tell him what the trouble was. 
And Saul said, Jonathan and I will stand over here, and all, and all of you stand over there. And the people responded to Saul, whatever you think is best. Then Saul prayed, O Lord, God of Israel, please show us who is guilty and who is innocent. Then they cast sacred lots, and Jonathan and Saul were chosen as the guilty ones, and the people were clear innocence. Then Saul said, Now cast lots again, and choose between me and Jonathan, and Jonathan was shown to be the guilty one. Tell me what you have done, Saul demanded of Jonathan. I tasted a little honey, Jonathan admitted. It was only a little bit on the end of my stick. Does that deserve death? Yes, Jonathan said. Saul said, You must die. May God strike me and even kill me if you do not die for this. But the people broke in and said to Saul, Jonathan has won this great victory for Israel. Should he die? Far from it. As surely as the Lord lives, no one hair of his head will be touched. For God helped him to do a great deed today. So the people rescued Jonathan, and he was now put to death. Then Saul called back the army from chasing the Philistines, and the Philistines returned home. Now when Saul had secured his grasp on Israel's throne, he fought against his enemies in every direction, against Moab, Ammon, Edom, and the kings of Zobah, and the Philistines. And wherever he turned, he was victorious. He performed great deeds and conquered the Amalekites, saving Israel from all those who had plundered them. Saul's son included Jonathan, Ishbosheth, and Malkishua. He also had two daughters, Merab, Merab, who was the older, and Michal, Michal. Saul's wife was Ahinoam, the daughter of Ahimas. The commander of Saul's army was Abner, the son of Saul's uncle Ner. Saul's father, Kish, and Abner's father, Ner was the boss. Ner were both sons of Abiel. The Israelites fought constantly with the Philistines through all Saul's lifetime. So whenever Saul observed a young man who was brave and strong, he drafted into his army. Okay, what did you get out of this? Hmm. Oh, let's see. Well, in the beginning, I like that what that he says is, perhaps the Lord will help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle whether he has many warriors or only a few. Isn't that awesome? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's amazing. Nothing. It seems like uh, Jonathan knew the history and knew the presence. He was very close to the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like the way the men said, do what you think is best. It yeah. would seem to be a, a, a formal reply from the yes. soldiers and, and I like the way he did um, again over here up at the in number 11 or past 11 12 it, it says come on climb right behind me Jonathan said to his armor bearer for the Lord will help us defeat them and it's amazing how all this um, that the Philistines fell before the him and the armor bearer and killed those who came behind them. But it says, Suddenly panic broke out in the Philistine army, both in the camp and in the field, including even the outposts and raiding parties. And just 
an earthquake happened and everyone was so scared and confused and I mean it, it had to be the Lord um, helping them so that's right when uh, we take little actions uh -huh. you know in God's will uh, the Lord uh, sends us reinforcements and yeah. starts helping us Amen. The, you know the, it will be a sign that he will help us defeat him so you know signs you know according to this signs and uh, and the Lord is speaking to them yeah you know it, with uh I mean, it's awesome. It said, Saul's lookouts in Gibeah of Benjamin saw a strange sight. The vast army, okay, vast has been just a, a lot of uh, multitudes or whatever, huge. Um, of Philistines began to melt away in every direction. Amazing. Amen. Well, the Lord caused, yeah. the first time I see it, that and just then an earthquake struck when they were all... Mm -hmm. You know, the Lord hit the earthquake just in time. Everyone was terrified. Yeah. I mean, that is spooky. And then again, you know, here, if you go in 20, it said, okay, while Saul was, well, a little bit before that, but while, while Saul was talking to the priest, the confusion in Philistine camp grew louder and louder. Louder and louder. There was so much confusion. You know, even though there's so many of them. And then in 20, it says, Then Saul and all his men rushed out to the battle and found the Philistines killing each other. It's kind of like the same thing that um, happened in, in Jehoshaphat when they were... Mm -hmm. Like, Pastor Prince was just talking about that. They were killing each other. Remember? Mm -hmm. He was saying that this morning. Um, so... With all the confusion, they were killing each other. You know, uh, right here on 29, it says, uh, My father has made trouble for us all, Jonathan Clay. <laughs> A command like that only hurts us. See how refreshed I am? Yeah. You know, uh, it sounds like he was a great, great, you know, leader and follower. Apparently, Saul must have been drinking, because these are exactly what a alcoholic would, would do, this kind of, you know. Uh, sentiment decisions you know that it's all about like he says my enemies full revenge on my enemies he doesn't say full revenge on Israel's enemies you know and in fact right away it's oh interesting a lot of pride you know pride that it's all about me those are alcoholic uh, yeah. you know but uh, Jonathan just has a complete you know, just an amazing uh, warrior. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that, um, you know, it's like if you're a leader, get God's wisdom for the situations. You know, it's like, why was this so necessary? And why say that let the curse fall and it, let somebody die over that? You know, here these guys are out there. They're really tired. You know, they need they need some nourishment. But John says, Jonathan didn't hear that. So technically, but then over here it says, you know, like you said, a command like that only hurts us. So it says, my father's made trouble for us all, Jonathan explained. A command like that hurts us. Mm -hmm. So as a leader, you know, in the 
when you're leading people, you gotta be like, I mean, you gotta get God's wisdom on situations. It seems to me, because that that did not help their their energy levels or their you know for them being fatigued, you know, for the work that they were needing to do. It's just like I think it's right. I think it's pride. It's like oh, today everybody says let's just not eat today. You know. So it's a little bit foolish, I think. All right, let me go to John 7, 31, 53. John 7, verses 31 to 53. It says, Many among the crowds at the temple believed in Jesus. After all, they said, Would you expect the Messiah to do more miraculous signs than the man has, this man has done? When the Pharisees heard that the crowds were whispering such things, they and the leading priests sent temple guards to arrest Jesus. But Jesus told them, I will be with you only a little longer. Then I will return to the one who sent me. You will search for me, but not find me, and you cannot go where I'm going. The Jewish leaders were puzzled by this statement. Where is he planning to go? They asked, if he's thinking of leaving the country. And going to the Jews in other lands, maybe he will even teach the Greeks. What does he mean when he says, you will search me, but not find me, and you cannot go where I'm going? On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who will be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. When the crowds heard him say this, some of them declared, Surely this man is the prophet we've been expecting. Others said, He is the Messiah. Still others said, but he can't be. Will the Messiah come from Galilee? For the scripture clearly states that the Messiah will be born of the royal line of David in Bethlehem, the village where King David was born. So the crowd was divided about him. Some even wanted him arrested, but no one laid a hand on him. When the temple guards returned without having arrested Jesus, the leading priests and Pharisees demanded, Why didn't you bring him in? We have never heard anyone speak like this, the guards responded. Have you been led astray too? The Pharisees mocked. Is there a single one of us, a rulers or Pharisees, who believe in him? This foolish crowd follows him, but they are ignorant of the law. God's curse is on them. The Nicodemus, the teacher who had met Jesus earlier, spoke up. Is it legal to convict a man before he is giving a hearing? He asked. They replied, are you from Galilee too? <laughs> Search the scriptures and see for yourself. No prophet ever comes from Galilee. Hmm. Amen. Okay, let's just let's speak about this. Okay. Um, apparently, the, the G Jesus' voice, whatever he said, had great weight. But the Jewish leaders were puzzled by the statement, where is he planning to go? Mm -hmm. You know, they were terrified of their, you know, their position taken away and their, their earnings, like a union. 
you try to mess with the Teamsters Union and break up their people, it's like communism, you know. Those guys had it together and they had guards and stuff. I mean, they're supposed to be the, can you imagine if the Catholic priests had guards and stuff and says, hey, and they, and they treat people roughly and arrest people and so forth. This is, uh, and I like what it says, uh, rivers of living water will Amen. flow from, not from the belly, <clears throat> but from the heart. Amen. He was speaking of the spirit who was given uh-huh. to everyone believing in him. Right. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not entered into his yeah. glory. I like the way it says glory of John 17. <clears throat> okay. And the bottom, they also didn't know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. So, okay, uh, reading the praying the Psalms, we pray for believers around the world, enduring against the kingdom of darkness. We ask God to hear their prayers and save them because of His unfailing love. Let's pray for believers, Lord. We just pray, Lord God, that You're the shepherd of believers. We ask you to protect them. You're the other warrior, Lord. Protect, Lord, the people all around the world, Lord, that are fighting against the forces of darkness, Lord. Give them, Lord God, just like you gave Jonathan, Lord. Give them reinforcements and signs that you're there with them, Lord. Amen. Amen. Psalm 109, 1 to 31. Would you like to read it? Sure. Um, 109, yeah. Okay. Uh, God, oh God. Our God, whom I praise, don't stand silent and aloof, while the wicked slander me and tell lies about me. They surround me with hateful words and fight against me for no reason. I love them, but they try to destroy me with accusations, even as I'm praying for them. They repay evil for good and hatred for my love. They say, get an evil person to turn against them. Send an accuser to bring him to trial when his case comes up for judgment. Let him be pronounced guilty. Count his prayers as sins. Let his ears be few. Let someone else take his position. And his wife a widow. No, it says, um, may his children become fatherless and his wife a widow. May his children wander as beggars and be driven from their ruined homes. May creditors seize his entire estate and strangers take all he's earned. Let no one be kind to him. Let no one pity his fatherless children. May all his offspring die. May May his family name be blotted out in a single generation. May the Lord never forget the sins of his fathers. May his mother's sins never be erased from the record. May the Lord always remember these sins, and may his name disappear from human memory. For he refused all kindness to others. He persecuted the poor and needy, and he hounded the brokenhearted to death. He loved to curse others. Now you curse him. He never blessed others. Now don't you bless him. No, now you don't you bless him. 
Cursing is as natural to him as his clothing or the water he drinks or the rich food he eats. Now may his curses return and cling to him like clothing clothing, or the water he drinks or the rich food he eats. Now may his curses return and cling to his clothing. I think I read it again. Sorry about that. May his curses return and cling to him like clothing. May they be tied around him like a belt. And may those curses become the Lord's punishment. For my accusers who speak evil of me. But deal well with me, O sovereign Lord, for the sake of your own reputation. Rescue me, because you're so faithful and good. For I am poor and needy, and my heart is full of pain. I'm fading like a shadow at dusk. I am brushed off like a locust. My knees are weak from fasting, and I am skin and bones. I'm a joke to people everywhere. When they see me, they shake their heads in scorn. Help me, O Lord, my God. Save me because of your unfailing love. Let them see that this is your doing, that you yourself have done it, Lord. Then let them curse me if they like, but you will bless me. When they attack me, they will be disgraced, but I, your servant, will go right on rejoicing. May my accusers be closed with disgrace. Disgrace may their humiliation cover them like a cloak. But I will give repeated thanks to the Lord, praising him to everyone. For he stands beside the needy, ready to save them from those who condemn them. Amen. Amen. Okay, Proverbs 15, 5-7 says, Only a fool despises a parent's discipline. Whoever learns from correction is wise. There is treasure in the house of the godly, but the earnings of the wicked bring trouble. Wow, there is treasure in the house of the godly, but the earnings of the wicked bring trouble. The lips of the wise give good advice. The heart of a fool has none to give. Amen. Today is May 13. A wise child accepts a parent's discipline. A mocker refuses to listen to correction. Proverbs 13.2 Wise words will win you a good meal, but treacherous people have an appetite for violence. Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. Lazy people want much but get little, but those who work hard will prosper. The godly hate lies, the wicked cause shame and disgrace. Godliness guards the path of the blameless, but the evil are misled by sin. Some who are poor pretend to be rich. Others who are rich pretend to be poor. The rich can pay a ransom for their lives, but the poor won't even get threatened. The life of the godly is full of light and joy, but the light of the wicked will be snuffed out. Pride leads to conflict. Those who take advice are wise. Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappear. Wealth from hard work grows over time. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. People who despise advice are asking for trouble. He who respects a command will succeed. The instructions of the wise is like a life-giving fountain. Those who accept it avoid the snares of death. 
A person with good sense is respected. A treacherous person is headed for destruction. Wise people think before they act. Fools don't and even brag about their foolishness. An unreliable messenger stumbles into trouble, but a reliable messenger brings healing. If you ignore criticism, you will end in poverty and disgrace. If you accept correction, you will be honored. It is pleasant to see dreams come true, but fools refer, refuse to turn their evil to attain them. Turn from evil. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Trouble chases sinners, while blessings reward the righteous. Good people have an inheritance to their, leave an inheritance to their children, grandchildren. But the sinners, good people leave an inheritance to their grandchildren. But the sinner's wealth passes to the godly. Amen. A, a poor person's farms may produce much food, but injustice sweeps it all away. Those who spare the rod of, of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. The godly eat to their heart's content, but the belly of the wicked goes hungry. Amen. Psalm 43. Declare me innocent, O God. Defend me against this ungodly people. Rescue me from those unjust liars. For you are God, my only safe haven. Why have you tossed me aside? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Send out your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them lead me to your holy mountain, to the place where you live. There I will go to the altar of God, to God, the source of all my joy. I will praise you with my heart, O God, my God. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. Amen. Psalm 73, verse 1. Truly, God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping and I was almost gone. For I envy the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. They seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't even have trouble like other people. They, do not, they are not plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jewel necklace and clothe themselves with cruelty. These fat cats have everything their hearts desire or could ever wish for. They scoff and speak only on evil. In their pride, they seek to crush others. They boast against the very heavens and their words throughout the earth. And so the people are dismayed and confused, drinking in all their words. What does God know, they ask? Does the Most High even know what's happening? Look at these wicked people, anyone enjoying a life of ease, while their riches multiply. Did, did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? 
I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. If I had really spoken this way to others, I would have been a traitor to your people. So I try to understand why the wicked prosper. But what a difficult task it is. Then I went into your sanctuary, O God, and finally understood the destiny of the wicked. Truly, you put them in slippery path and send them slinging over the hill to destruction. In an instant, they are destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. When you arise, O Lord, you will laugh at their silly ideas as a person laughs at dreams in the morning. Then I realized that my heart was bitter and I was all torn up inside. I was foolish and ignorant. I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. Yet I still belong to you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me in a glorious destiny. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. My help may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Those who desert him will perish, but you, for you destroy those who abandon you. But as for me, how good it is to be near to God. I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter. I will go and tell everyone about the wonderful things you do. 74, we go to Psalm, actually that was Psalm, okay, Psalm 103, let all that I am praise the Lord, with my whole heart I will praise his holy name, let all that I am praise the Lord, may I never forget the good things he has done for me, he forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases, he redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Yay. Amen. The Lord gives instructions and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us, nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is the father to his children tender and compassionate to those who fear him for he knows how weak we are he remembers that we are only dust our days on earth are like grass and wildflowers that bloom and die the wind blows and we are gone and though we had never been there now but the lord but the love of the lord remains forever with those who fear him his salvation extends to his children's children, of those who are faithful to his covenant, of those who obey his commandments. The Lord has made the heavens his throne. From there he rules over everything. Praise the Lord, you angels, you mighty ones who carry out his plans. 
listening for each of his commands. Yes, praise the Lord, you army of angels who serve him and do his will. Praise the Lord, everything he has created, everything in all his kingdom. Let all that I am praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now we go to Psalm 133, I believe. That's correct. Yes. 133 verse 1. How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and unto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life forevermore. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time we have to um, receive your word, Lord, and to feed on your word, Lord. We thank you for the revelation from heaven, Lord. Open up the windows of heaven over us, Lord, that we would receive fresh manna from heaven, Father. We thank you for Jesus, who's the way, the truth, and the life. And we thank you for this home. We thank you for blessing um, our eyes and our ears in our hearts to receive what the Holy Spirit wants us to know, Lord. Thank you, Lord, Father God, Jesus. Amen. Okay, we're at 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 1. Please. Amen. Okay. The Philistines now mustered their army for battle and camped between Sokah and Judah and Azekah at Ephesdamnon. Saul countered by gathering his Israelite troops near the valley of Elah. So the Philistines and the Israelites faced each other on opposite hills with the valley between them. Then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armor and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam, tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield. Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight? He called. I'm the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Now David was the son of a man named Jesse, an Ephraimite from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. Jesse was an old man at that time, and he had eight sons. Jesse's three oldest sons, Eliab, Abinadab, and Shemiah, had already joined Saul's army to fight the Philistines. David was the youngest son, and David's three oldest brothers stayed with Saul's army, but David went back and forth 
so he could help his father with the sheep in Bethlehem. For forty days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the army of the uh, of the in front of the Israelite army. One day, Jesse said to David, "Take this basket of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers, and give these ten cuts of cheese to their captain. See how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report on how they're doing." David's brothers were Saul, were with Saul and the Israelite army at the Valley of Elah, fighting against the Philistines. So David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gifts as Jesse had directed him. He arrived at the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. Soon the Israelite and the Philistine forces stood facing each other army against army and David left his things with the keeper of supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out from the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him shout at his usual taunt to the army of Israel. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. Wow. Okay. Um, have you ever seen, have you seen the giant men asked? He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give that man one of, one of his daughters for a wife and the man's entire family will be exempted from paying taxes. David asked the soldiers standing nearby, what will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he's allowed to defy the armies of the living God? And these men gave David the same reply. They said, yes, that's a re that is the reward for killing him. But when David's oldest brother Eliab heard David talking to the men, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. What about those few sheep you're so sp supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. What have I done now, David replied. I was only asking a question. He walked over to some others and asked them the same thing and received the same answer. Then David's question was reported to King Saul and the king sent for him. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy and he's been a man since his youth. A man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with the club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do this, do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented, all right, go ahead, and he said, may the Lord and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. 
David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such things before. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into a shepherd, shepherd's bag. The arm, then armed only with the shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistines. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come to me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. David replied to the Philistine, you come, you come to me with sword, spear, so visible javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, God, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head, and I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. And the whole world will know that there's a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give it to us. Amen. As Goliath moved closer to attack David, as Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him, reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone. He hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath. David used it to kill him and cut off his head. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they turned and ran. Then the men of Israel and Judah gave a great shout of triumph and rushed after the Philistines, chasing them as far as Gath. And the gates of Ekron, the bodies of the dead and wounded Philistines were strewn all along the road from Sha'arim, as far as Gath and Ekron. Then the Israelite army returned and plundered the deserted Philistine camp. David took the Philistine's head to Jerusalem, but he stored the man's armor in his own tent. He took the head to Jerusalem. Okay, as Saul watched David go out to fight the Philistine, he asked Abner, the commander of his army, Abner, whose son is this young man? As Saul watched David go to, to fight the Philistine, he asked Abner, the commander of his army, Abner, whose son is this young man? I really don't know, Abner declared. Well, find out who he is, the king told him. As soon as David returned from killing Goliath, Abner brought him to Saul with the Philistine's head still in his hand. <laughs> Tell me about your father, young man, Saul said. And David replied, his name is Jesse, and we live in Bethlehem. After David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. 
there was an immediate bond between them, for Jonathan loved David. From that day on, Saul kept David with him and wouldn't let him return home. And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David, because he loved him as he loved himself. Jonathan sealed the pact by taking off his robe and giving it to David, together with his tunic, sword, bow, and belt. Amen. Amen. There's this amazing story of... Uh, I like the way he prophesied to be fair. Today the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and cut mm -hmm. off your head. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. I will give your, the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know there's a God in Israel. You know, it's kind of like, I want the whole world to know there's a God in Glendora backing us up, you know, Amen. defeating our enemies, Amen. defeating death, poverty, lack, Amen. sickness, disease, Amen. you know, defeat the grave, sadness, ignorance, and, and live a smooth and victorious life because the Lord Jesus has provided for us. Amen. We're, we're in the, uh, we are taking the, what do you call it, the booty? Mm -hmm from the Philistines, from the world, we're picking up, Amen. we're picking up the, uh, the left, and <clears throat> all the treasures they had taken from God's people for so long, plunder, we're plundering them. Amen. What'd you get? Well, it's interesting that I remember the teaching a while back that talked about how David, he was interested in the reward he was going to get for serving, mm -hmm. for doing this, and he, had, he went back and he was asking, what am I going to get? And he asked again, what am I going to get? And mm -hmm. then he went back and re it says here that, um, what have I done? Okay, he walked over to some others and asked them the same thing and received the same answer. Mm -hmm. So he was really concerned about his reward and what he was going to do for serving. So there is reward when we do serve, you know, the Lord. You know, in this capacity, he goes and takes the giant out, but... Um, that's great. And he wasn't in no fear. He just like, I'll go fight him. Amen. Lord Amen. will with him. Mm -hmm. Was he anointed king already? Mm, you yeah. know, that's what... Yes, I think so. I think so. In the previous chapter we read yesterday, he was. Yeah, he's anointed king. What, did he play the harp for Saul already? Yeah, he did. But Saul says he didn't know who he was. I'm right. Sure. That's what That's what I was. I picked up also. He's like, but who is he? But he had already well, been... Unless sometimes, you know, maybe it's not chronologically. Yeah, maybe not. Cause... You know, maybe Saul still had his... Uh, yeah, his, and uh, I, again, fresh from today's... His wits together. Uh, fresh from today's teaching about, you know, he went over there, you know, David replied to the... In number 45, David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with a visible sword, a visible spear, and a visible javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, who is invisible, the God of armies in Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. So it's... it's so David found a way to get ahead in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> taxes mm -hmm. for his parents, all his family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not doing it for himself. And, right. For and, and at the end there of that... 
uh, 47 says, And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with the sword and the spear. And, and again, what we learned today, this is the Lord's battle, and he will give it to give you to us. Amen. This Amen. is the Lord's Beautiful. battle. Beautiful. Okay. What else are we going to see? Okay. All right. You, you can read John chapter 8, verse 21. Okay, John chapter 8, verse 21 and 20. Later, Jesus said to the to them again, I am going away. You will search for me, but you will die in your sins. You cannot come where I'm going. The people ask, is he planning to commit suicide? What does he mean? You cannot come where I'm going. Jesus continued, you are from below. I am from above. You belong to this world. I do not. That is why I said that you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, you will die in your sins. Whoa, okay. Unless you believe that I am. Mm -hmm. Who are you, they demanded. Jesus replied, the one I have, been, I have always claimed to be. I have much to say about you and much to condemn, but it won't. For I only say what I I have heard from the one who sent me, and he is completely truthful. But they still didn't understand that he was talking about his father. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then you will understand that I am he. I do not nothing of my own, but say only what the Father taught me. And the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me, for I always do what pleases him. Then many who heard him say these things believed in him. Mm -hmm. Amen. It's interesting, you know, these the first phrase where he says, I'm going away, you will search for me, but you will die in your sins. In mm -hmm. other words, you'll keep searching the law, mm -hmm. looking for me, right. and your sins are gonna, the ones going to keep you in hell. And you cannot go to heaven where I'm going. Mm -hmm. Right. And, that, yeah. and then he gives them another chance. He says, Unless you believe that I am, mm -hmm. and that I am Jehovah, I am, I am He, I am the, the Savior of the world. You right. believe that I am, Amen. you will die in your sins again. Right. It's a choice. That's very good. You know, he, he also didn't want to spend his time sitting there trying to prove himself. Mm -hmm. He says, the one I have always claimed, Jesus replied, the one I've always claimed to be, I have much to say about you and much to condemn, but I won't. Yeah, you know, about their law keeping and mm -hmm. their, but interesting over here, it says, uh, when you have lifted up the mm -hmm. son of man on the cross, then you will understand that I am he. Mm -hmm. You know, well, the born again ones will understand he is he. Um, I do not nothing on my own, but say only what the Father taught me, and the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me, for I always do what pleases him. Amen. Then many who heard him say these things believed in him. Amen. Amen. Okay, uh, Psalms 111, 1 through 10 says, Pray with uh, another believer today and ponder the amazing deeds of the Lord. 
Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, that we believe that you are the great I am. And we believe in your love and we believe in your promises. And we believe in your word. And Lord, we just thank you, Father, for the that we are world overcomers, Lord God. We are in your kingdom, Lord. And we thank you, Father God, that you we can say we are rich, we are strong because of your word, Lord, that made us because of your conquering, you conquered Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for conquering the devil and giving us benefits. Amen. Okay, Psalm 111, 1 through 10. Praise the Lord. I will thank the Lord with all my heart as I meet with his godly people. How amazing are the deeds of the Lord. All who delight in him should ponder them. Everything he does reveals his glory and majesty. His righteousness never fails. He causes us to remember his wonderful works. How gracious and merciful is our Lord. He gives food to those who fear him. He always remembers his covenant. He has shown his great power to his people by giving them the lands of other nations. All he does is just and good, and all his commandments are trustworthy. They are all forever true to be obeyed faithfully and with integrity. He has paid a full ransom for his people. He has guaranteed his covenant with them forever. What a holy, all-inspiring name he has. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. All who obey his commandments will grow in wisdom. Praise him forever. Amen. Proverbs 15, 11, Even death and destruction hold no secrets from the Lord. How much more does he know of the human heart? Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today's reading, the 15th of the month, Proverbs 15, verse 1. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge appealing, but the mouth of the fool belches out foolishness. The Lord is watching everywhere, keeping his eye on both the evil and the good. Gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Only a fool despises a parent's discipline. Whoever learns from correction is wise. There is treasure in the house of the godly, but the earnings of the wicked bring trouble. The lips of the wise give good advice. The heart of a fool has none to give. The Lord detests the sacrifice of the wicked, but he delights in the prayer of the upright. The Lord detests the way of the wicked, but he loves those who pursue godliness. Whoever abandons the right path will be severely disciplined. Whoever hates correction will die. Even death and destruction hold no secrets from the Lord. How much more does he know of the human heart? Mockers hate to be corrected, so they stay away from the wise. A glad heart makes a happy face. A broken heart questions the spirit. A wise person is hungry for knowledge, while the fool feeds on trash. For the despondent every day brings trouble, for the happy heart like a continual feast. Better to have little with fear for the Lord 
and to have great treasure and inner turmoil. A bowl of vegetables with someone you love is better than a steak with someone you hate. A hot-tempered person starts fight. A cool-tempered person stops them. A lazy person's way is blocked with briars, but the path of the upright is an open highway. Sensible children bring joy to their father. Foolish children despise their mother. Foolishness brings joy to those with no sense. A sensible person stays on the right path. Plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. Everyone enjoys a fitting reply. It is wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. The path of life leads upward for the wise. They leave the grave behind. The Lord tears down the house of the proud, but he protects the property of widows. The Lord detests evil plans, but he delights in pure words. Greed brings grief to the whole family, but those who hate brides will live. The heart of the godly think, thinks carefully before speaking. The mouth of the wicked overflow with evil words. The Lord is far from the wicked, but the but he hears the prayer of the righteous. A cheerful look brings joy to the heart. Good news makes for good health. If you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. If you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you grow in understanding. Fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. Humility precedes honor. Now we go to Psalm, Psalm 16. Psalm 16, keep me safe, O God, for I have come to you for refuge. I said to the Lord, you are my master. Every good thing I have comes from you. The godly people in the land are my true heroes. I take pleasure in them. Trouble multiplies for those who chase after other gods. I will not take part in their sacrifices of blood or even speak the names of their gods. Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. You guard all that is mine. The land you have given me is a pleasant land. What a wonderful inheritance. I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. I wonder, no wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice. My body rests in safety, for you will not leave my soul in the dead, or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joys of your presence and the pleasure of living with you forever. Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquake comes and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam, let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city, it cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in 
chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's army is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Come see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shield with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's army is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. 46, we go to 76. God is honored in Judah. His name is great in Israel. Jerusalem is where he lives. Mount Zion is his home. There he has broken the fiery arrows of the enemy, the shields and swords and weapons of war. You are glorious and more majestic than the everlasting mountains. Our boldest enemy has been plundered. They lie before us in the sleep of death. No warrior could lift a hand against us. At the blast of thy breath, O God of Jacob, their horses and chariots lay still. No wonder you are greatly feared. Who can stand before you when your anger explodes? From heaven you sentence your enemies. The earth trembles and stood silent before you. You stand up to judge those who do evil, O God, and to rescue the oppressed of the earth. Human defiance only enhances your glory, for you see it as a weapon. Make vaults to the Lord your God and keep them. Let everyone bring tribute to the awesome one, for he breaks those the right of princes and the kings of the earth fear him. Amen. Now let me go to Psalm 106. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Who can list the glorious miracles of the Lord? Who can ever praise him enough? There is joy for those who deal justly with others and always do what is right. Remember me, Lord, when you show favor to your people. Come near me and rescue me. Let me share in the prosperity of your chosen one. Let me rejoice in the joy of your people. Let me be, praise you with those who are, you, who are your heritage. Like our ancestors, we have sinned, we have done wrong, we have acted wickedly. Our ancestors in Egypt were not impressed by the Lord's miraculous deeds. They soon forgot his many acts of kindness to them. Instead, they reveled against him at the Red Sea. Even so, he saved them to defend the honor of his name and to demonstrate his mighty power. He commanded the Red Sea to dry up. He led Israel across the sea as if it were a desert. So he rescued them from their enemies and redeemed them from their foes. Then the waters returned and covered their enemies. Not one of them survived. Then his people believed his promise and then they sang his price. Yet, praise it, yet how quickly they forgot what he had done. They wouldn't wait for his counsel. In the wilderness, their desires ran wild, testing God's patience in that dry wasteland. So he gave them to what they asked for, but he sent a plague along with it. The people in the camp were jealous of Moses and envious of Aaron. 
the Lord holy priest because of this the earth opened up and swallowed Nathan and buried Abiram and the other rebels fire fell upon the, their followers a flame consumed the wicked the people made a calf at Mount Sinai they bowed before an image made of gold they traded their glorious God for a statue of grass eating bull they forgot God their savior who had done such great things in Egypt such wonderful things in the land of Ham, such awesome deeds at the Red Sea. So he declared he would destroy them, but Moses, his chosen one, stepped between the Lord and his people, and he begged him to turn from his anger and not destroy them. The people refused to enter the promised land, but for they wouldn't believe his promises to take care of them. Instead, they grumbled in their tents, and refused to obey the Lord. Therefore, he solemnly swore that he would kill them in the wilderness, that he would scatter their descendants among the nations, exile them to the distant lands. Then our ancestors joined in the worship of Baal and Peror. They even ate sacrifices offered to the dead. They angered the Lord with all their all these things. So a plague broke out among them. But Phinehas had the courage to intervene, and the plague was stopped. So he had been regarded as a righteous man ever since that time. At Meribah, too, they angered the Lord, causing Moses serious trouble. They made Moses angry, and he spoke foolishly. Israel failed to destroy the nations of the land as the Lord has commanded them. Instead, they mingle among the pagans and adopted their evil customs. They worshiped their idols, which led to their downfall. They even sacrificed their sons and their daughters to the demons. They shed innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters. By sacrificing to idols of Canaan, they polluted the land with murder. They defiled themselves by their evil deeds and their love of idols was, was adultery in the Lord's sight. That is why the Lord's anger burned against his people, and he abhorred his own special possessions. He landed them over to pagans, handed them over to pagan nations, so they were ruled by those who hated them. Their enemies crushed them and brought them under the cruel power. Again and again he rescued them, but they chose to rebel against him. And they were finally destroyed by their sins. Even so, he pitied them in their distress and listened to their cries. He remembered his covenant with them and relented because of his unfailing love. He even caused the captive to treat them with kindness. Save us, O Lord our God. Gather us back from among the nations so we can thank your holy name and rejoice and praise you. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who lives in the everlasting, to everlasting. Let all the people say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now we go to Psalm 134, I believe. Mm -hmm. Today's the 15th day. Should be 35. Oh, have I been reading the wrong one? Okay, oh, Hundred thirty-six. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good; His faithful love endures forever. 
Give thanks to the God of gods, his faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, his faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who alone does mighty miracles, his faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who made the heavens so skillfully, his faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who placed the earth among the waters, his faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who made the heavenly lights, his faithful love endures forever. The sun to rule the day, his faithful love endures forever. And the moon and the stars to rule the night, his faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who killed the firstborn of Egypt, his faithful love endures forever. He brought Israel out of Egypt, his faithful love endures forever. He acted with a strong hand and powerful arm, his faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who parted the Red Sea, his faithful love endures forever. He led Israel safely through, his faithful love endures forever. But he hurled Pharaoh and his army into this Red Sea, his faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who led his people through the wilderness, his faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who struck down mighty kings, his love endures forever. He killed powerful kings, his love and faithful love endures forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, his faithful love endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, his faithful love endures forever. God gave the land of these kings as an inheritance, his faithful love endures forever. A special possession to his servant Israel, his faithful love endures forever. He remembers us in our weakness, his faithful love endures forever. He saves us from our enemies, his faithful love endures forever. He gives food to every living thing, his faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heavens, his faithful love endures forever. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Let's go ahead and open this meeting with a moment of silence, followed by the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm reading a couple of uh, meditation books, one from Daily Word and the other one. These were sent to me by my friends. So here we go. The first one says, I rest in the deep peace of God. My body gives me the power to exercise or perform physical work, and I reward it with rest from labor. My mind uses its creative energy to solve problems and formulate solutions. I nurture my busy mind with time in the silence and meditate stillness. As I rest my body and mind, I find deep rejuvenating peace in God, so much more than mere indulgence. Restful interludes are necessary for my body and mind to function optimally. I do those things that help me to let go and release the busyness of my day. 
I find my deepest rest in God, where I am close to spirit and mind and heart. I release what is and what will be in faith, that the divine presence within is the source of my good. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Again, I find my deepest rest in God, where I am closest to spirit in my mind and heart. I release what is and what will be in faith that the divine presence within is the source of my good. Amen. The next reading is, says, you need me every morning, every moment. Your awareness of your constant need for me is your greatest strength. Your neediness properly handled is a link to my presence. However, there are pitfalls that you must be on guard against. Self-pity, self-propitiation, giving up. Your inadequate presents you with continual choice, deep dependence on me or despair. The emptiness you feel within will be filled with either with problems or with my presence. Make me central in your consciousness by praying continually simply short prayers flying out the present moment use my name liberally to remind you of my presence keep on asking and you will receive so that your gladness may be full and complete make me central in your consciousness by praying continually simply short prayers following out of the pre present moment. Use my name liberally to remind you of my presence. Keep on asking and you will receive so that your gladness may be full and complete. Amen. This is from Jesus Calling. Wonderful, wonderful readings of God. Thank you for coming on here. Would you please pray? Ask God's presence on our Bible study. Okay. Uh, Jesus, thank you for your presence to be upon us as we speak your word, Lord. We just pray that, Father, that your words will come forth and they will touch people's hearts the ones that are listening to to this podcast Lord we ask you for an encouraging word for for the people to receive and most of all we ask the Holy Spirit to minister to hearts and we ask for the love to be overflowing thank you for using us and we set our selves apart so that we can we can uh, just minister Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for coming on today's podcast. We love you all. God bless you. Don't get discouraged. Discouragement is the we can take care of that by saying, Thank you, God, I'm discouraged. <laughs> what an incredible opportunity to have that tool. Be aware of it. It may be the last key on the ring that opens the door to to thanking God 
for situations. Amen. God has promises. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And that's how we put them in engage. We got to have a negative thing that will help us engage God and give us a reason. We don't need to be at our wits' ends. All we need to do is cry out to the Lord and thank Him for the trouble. Lord, that we we use it for our good to look up and open the door to heaven and have God come out. We cry out to the Most High who fulfills His purpose for us. Psalm 57, 7. And remember in Psalms 37, 5, Commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him, and He will do this. Do what? Give you dreams and visions, give you a vision of the future, give you hope, stability. Now, I have a little reading here from His Word is True by BHF. It'll take me a minute to read it. Uh, The literal meaning of the verse, commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him, and He will do it in Psalms 37.5 is roll your way unto Jehovah and trust upon Him, and He works. Roll your concerns on the Lord, he works, okay? Yes. Trust upon him, roll it and trust it upon him. See, that takes a university engineering process of a lot of failure to learn how to how to turn something over to God in faith and leave it in his hands and know that you have put it there. It takes effort, but it's so worth the uh, the success of turning something over. You know, it gives you release, gives you confidence. I put it in the Lord's hands. It's not on me anymore. Right. And that's, you know? Yeah. Isn't yeah. that good? Re- well, okay. I think... Go ahead, honey. I, I think that that's probably a very powerful sentence you just read there because um, we, we feel the need to work through the situation with our own strength. But God is ready to swoosh in there and help you, but you got to put it in His hands and let Him go to work. So he's not going to tug a war with you of who's going to handle it, right? He wants to help you, but you got to turn it over and let him do the work and you be at rest. That's all I want to say. Thank you. And all right, the literal meaning of this verse, roll your way unto Jehovah and trust upon him. Trust upon him. Kind of like push it onto him. And he works. In other words, he needs to be thrusted upon. This brings to our attention the immediate of God's actions once we commit or roll burdens of any kind from our hands into His. Whether our burdens is a sorrow, difficulty, physical need, or concern over the salvation of a loved one, He works. When does He work? He works now. We act as if God does not immediately accept our trust in Him and thereby delay the accomplishment that we ask Him to do. We fail to understand that He works as we commit. He works now. Praise Him for the fact that this is true. Lord, we praise You and we thank You that You work in the now. As soon as we give it to You, Lord, You work in the now. Our expectation that He will work is the very thing enabling the Holy Spirit to accomplish what we have rolled unto Him. At this point, it is our grasp And we are not to try to do it ourselves. 
At this point, it, it is out of our grasp, and we are not to try to do it ourselves. He works. Take comfort from this and do not try to pick it up again. What a relief there is in knowing he really is at work on our difficulty. And when someone says, but I don't see any results, pay him no attention. <laughs> he works. If you have rolled your burdens unto him and are looking unto Jesus, Hebrews 12, 2, to do it, your fate may be tested, but he works. His word is true. VHF. You know, the, the thing that came to mind when I was reading this, yes. to the Holy Spirit, mm. oh, there's more writing on it, is uh, practice, practice, practice. Problems, problems, problems are practice, practice, practice. Mm, beautiful. They start with a P, and the answer is in the problem. Hard to believe that the answer is in the problem for us as Christians. Mm. Okay, let me give you some more. Psalm 57, 2 says, I cried out to God, most high to God, who fulfills his purpose for me. One beautiful old translation of this verse says, He will perform the cause I hold in my hand. That makes it very real to me today. The very thing I hold in my hand, my work today, this concern that is beyond my control, this task in which I have greatly overestimated my own abilities. This is what I may cry out for him to do for me with the calm assurance he will perform it. The wise and what they do are in God's hands. Ecclesiastes 9.1 The wise and what they do are in God's hands. That's really incredible. Ecclesiastics. That was by Francis Ridley Havergal. Havergal. The Lord will follow through on his covenant promises. Whatever he takes and holds in his hands, he will accomplish. Therefore, his past mercies are guaranteed for the future and worthy reasons for continuing to cry out to him. Charles Spurgeon. Heavenly Father, we just give over unto you our concerns and we put them into your hands, Lord. And Lord, we just leave them there. We thrust them onto you, Lord God. They're out of our hands into you. All of our projects, all of our family, all our income, our, our and the duty, and the work of our hands, Lord, we put it unto you this day. Our time, Lord, our health, we put it into your hands, Lord. We thrust it into you, Lord. Show yourself mighty on our behalf, Lord God. Open the windows of heaven and let us know that you are God and you got this. I got this, Fernando. I got this. Amen. All right, now I'm going to switch it over, change gears, and get in the fast lane with none other than the <laughs> lights are on Georgia. <laughs> okay, thank you, Fernando. Um, I'm reading from Jesus Today, which is Sarah Young, and I just randomly picked a page here. It's number 97. Uh, it's actually uh, reading 97, it says here. And it says, keep returning your focus to me. I am always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. You, however, are only human and you will lose sight of me at times. I know how hard it is for you to stay focused on me, especially when you're feeling weak or weary. So give yourself grace whenever you realize your mind and heart have wandered from me. 
and waste no time in returning to me by praising me in thought, word, or song, even whispering my name reverently, lovingly, can be worship. Amen. Let me have all your worries and cares. This may sound easy, but it's not. You are accustomed to worry, thoughts roaming freely in your brain. So you must train yourself to bring up all your cares into my presence, trusting me to help you. Remember that you're never alone in your struggles. I'm always aware of you and your circumstances. I can help you because I have all authority in heaven and earth. As you come into my presence, let go of your worries and cares so that you could cling to me in a childlike trust. And the scriptures say in 1 Peter 5, 7, let God have all your worries and cares for he's always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. In Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came and spoke to the disciples saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Matthew 18, 1 to 4, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called, heaven. He called a little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like, a, like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Amen. It's kind of interesting how what you read kind of, this backs it up, you know, and cast all your cares unto the Lord for he cares about you. Now, one thing from this is that I like where it says that he's always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. Okay, that's everything. It could be the smallest little concern you have. He's concerned about it, the scripture says. He cares about the details going on in your life. So um, take that into your spirit and just meditate on that. Wow, God cares about what I'm doing. Yes, that's true. Wonderful. Um, and, you know, I just want to say that in this time and age, how we are so distracted, we can be distracted from the world and the social media and the Instagrams and the TikToks and the Twitter. Okay. How do you know all these? How do I know all these? I only know one Twitter. <laughs> but you know TikTok. But anyway, um, you know, those things kind of get in the way sometimes. Um, so just, you know, the way to success always is to meditate on Jesus so that you get his presence and you begin to un- to roll over your cares that Fernando mentioned earlier. You're rolling your cares onto him. Why? Because his yoke is light and it's easy and he can handle it. And uh, supernaturally, you gain um, confidence when you do that because you know he's with you and he's for you. He's not against you. So we got to remember to take a shift in our mind. Turn it around. Instead of taking this whole thing upon your shoulders, put it on Jesus' shoulders and let him take it. Amen. And he will bring forth a solution that you never thought of. Um, 
so anyway, I, I, I love that. Right. Um, I just want to say one more thing. In Matthew 18, 1 to 4, where he, they talk about who's the who's the greatest in the kingdom, and Jesus answered them, it's like, you got to be like a little child, okay? Um, I know we're grown up and we're, you know, 60 years old or whatever, but you know what? You have a daddy in heaven who cares about you, wants to hug you, wants to love on you, and sit on his lap so that you are that child and receive from him daily the supply of love that he's for you. And um, you will see that, you know, you'll start to trust him more. When you spend time with him, you'll start to, your faith will get stronger. You know, no weapon formed against you is going to prosper because you got Jesus on on your, I mean, who best to have in your court but have Jesus batting for you? You know, you want to always want to have him on your team at the front of the team. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you very much, babe. Um, I challenge you, everyone, to uh, start trusting in him and the little things. Let's learn how to put things over into his camp, into his hands. You know, I used and continue, it says to worship him in spirit and in truth. Once you do that, once I do that in prayer, (coughs) even the Our Father, you can put the Our Father in his hands. Lord, I put the Our Father into your hands for you to commit to him. You ask for his kingdom to come. You ask for daily bread. You ask that you be forgiven as to keep you from evil. We put it into his hands that those words of concern will take flight. And once we prayed, then all through the day now, will we back it up with, with worshiping him in spirit and truth and song and just rejoicing that God has heard us, you know. And th- this is a great practice for us to keep doing this. You know, we we say the prayer or Psalm 23 in faith, and put it into His hands, and then we seal it with thanksgiving and praise that God has heard us. Now, if you feel something that went out like love, like inspiration, like faith. Like a real good feeling that God has, you have placed it in his hands. Now is the time to rejoice that he's got it. See, this is a school of, of, of encouragement practicing. We're practicing and be skillful in engineering and putting things in God's hands. So what better way than signs and wonders that will return that God has heard our prayer. And now we get excited because actually we're not praying a selfish prayer we're asking God's kingdom to come down. Yeah. We're asking God's will to be Amen. done. Yes. And his will is peace for us. Jesus said, I give you my peace. Yes. And peace has a lot of categories. Has adventures, has stuff, folks. Has vacation, has has youthfulness, has rhythm. Most of all, satisfaction that your father, like Anna said, your father's got this. In the Amen. So let's go ahead and practice. We're going to put the Our Father into the hands. Even if you can imagine the hands of, of the Father holding out like a cup. And you say, Father. So imagine the cups. Use your hands as the cup. Father, Our Father, my Daddy. Father, Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay, now now throw it into heaven. Feel it go. I I felt my hands heating up. And now I just threw the, the prayer into heaven. It's gone. Thank you, Lord. Now we praise Him. Now we turn on the song. There's a guy called Joseph Garlington, and his his song came to me this morning. I was asking God, you know, every minute, and I heard him say a song, a little bitty little word of a song, and I know it's Joseph Prince. Excuse me, Joseph Garlington. I bought all his praise and worship CDs. I ordered them from his church. I used them up, and they're all over the place, like yours is all over the place. But thank God for YouTube. Thank God for efficient Christians that put it up for us so we can tap into it. I love you. I encourage you. Stomp your feet. We got this. We're we're learning how to be encouragers. And once we learn the key, turning it over, we can easily pass it on to others. Father, let it work for us, Lord. Show yourself strong on behalf of the people. Do something miraculous, amazing, that they may look back, that they successfully put your prayer, your will, into their hands. What better prayer could be than the one Jesus taught us so we can get along with each other? In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Everyone, go in peace. Amen. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen. All right. Bye.